you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And you know what? This is also your spot for your quickest podcast recaps on the internet of Mizzou football. So after directly after the Mizzou-Alabama game, you'll definitely get a podcast oh, about an hour later or so, let's say. let's Maybe I'll even decide to go live, but quite frankly, I'm a little scared of that technology. So just refresh your feed, turn on your notifications, you'll get a Mizzou-Alabama recap from yours truly probably about an hour after the game ends. And also, you can find this podcast now on Amazon Music. For those of you who are Alexa users, that type of thing, keep that in mind. But on today's show, obviously, we got to talk about Drew Locke getting banged up in yesterday's Broncos-Steelers game. I also have a little thing at the end I want to talk about. I want to get off topic just a tiny bit from Mizzou and talk about mental health. That's been a huge topic in the world of sports. But, of course, we do have to get to Mizzou First, and you know what? Honestly, I'm just looking forward to this Saturday, not only for the first Mizzou game, but frankly, this is the true kickoff of college football for me. Now, I've been locked in on the first two weeks of NFL football, but quite frankly, I've watched a few minutes here and there of college football, but there just haven't been that many compelling games yet, and the ones that were there have mostly been blowouts, so I'm really looking forward to some competitive games this Saturday. But I will say, speaking of the NFL, we saw in Week 2 yesterday, it wasn't just Drew Locke, obviously. Anybody who follows that game even a little bit knows the amount of gigantic names that went down with injury yesterday, and frankly, even those who didn't suffer catastrophic injuries, if you're watching that Chiefs-Chargers game, as I'm sure many of you will. You'll notice that Tyreek Hill was coming up with cramps late at the end of that game. And in overtime, Nick Bosa, or I'm sorry, not Nick Bosa, Nick was injured with the 49ers. His brother, Joey Bosa, with the Chargers, had dominated that football game for the most part. But come overtime, he had to sit out multiple snaps in a row. He was just simply exhausted. And my point in bringing that up is, well, it's not going to be any different in college football, I'm guessing, either, is it? Because obviously, early in the season in the NFL these last few years with preseason sort of being less and less emphasized in the pro game, well, September football has become a little bit sloppy at times and frankly a little bit injury-ridden as guys are not ready to play 60 minutes of football yet. Well, in college, I'm afraid we might be seeing much of the same. So, frankly, get ready for some guys to pull up lame with injuries in these first couple weeks, certainly to cramp, hopefully nothing catastrophic. But I'm just saying it's going to be really hard to play 60 minutes of football early in this season when you have so many stops and starts in training camp. I mean, basically every week, Missouri will practice a couple days in a row, then take a couple days off. Just really hard to get any kind of genuine football rhythm with this bizarre COVID-19 schedule. So basically what I'm saying is, is in the terms of the level of football that you're going to see coming up, prepare yourself to be maybe 
a little bit disappointed and look for some sloppiness. That's for darn sure. But back to the idea of of COVID-19 and injuries. This came up on my previous episode with the Locked On Bama gentleman. And while it's now official, it is going to be the SEC is going to require a minimum 53-man roster, including one quarterback, seven offensive linemen, and four defensive linemen were the notable minimums that I saw. And I guess my first question would be there, how loose are we going to be with these position designations? Because I'm pretty sure Jalen Knox, for instance, Mizzou wide receiver Jalen Knox, well, he played some quarterback in high school. Could we possibly sneak him in as a quarterback? But also then the question is, well, how about tight ends as offensive linemen if push came to shove? But frankly, there is no real incentive to do that because Dave Matter reports that if there's any compelling reasons why teams can't go, can't start the game regardless of scholarship and position minimums, a team can request to have the game rescheduled, or if the game can't be rescheduled for whatever reason, the game would be considered a no contest. So a no contest instead of an automatic disqualification and a loss. That's a big difference there, obviously. So if you're Missouri and say for say your quarterback room has been wiped out by contract contact, excuse me, contact tracing, well, there's no real incentive to run out Jalen Knox and play the Wildcat the entire game just to avoid taking a loss against Arkansas or Vanderbilt or something like that. So just something to keep in mind there. Frankly, as Mizzou fans, as much as I love Eli Drinkwitz, the higher, I think long-term he's going to work out nicely for this program, I don't see how anybody could have a lot of high expectations, especially in week one against Alabama. Let's be honest, destruction is probably likely on Saturday afternoon, on Saturday evening, I should say, at 6 o'clock. So let's just prepare ourselves for that as much as we may not want to. As much as I talked about, hey, it's the first game, anything can happen, 1975, hey, we beat the Tide back then, all that good stuff. The problem is, generally when a Missouri team, for instance, historically, like let's just take a recent example. People were really disappointed in 2012, Missouri's first year in the SEC. That was a disappointing, injury-riddled team. Well, 2019 could be considered highly disappointing and somewhat injury-riddled as well. But the difference is into 2020 versus 2013, Missouri doesn't have the continuity that they had at that time. A new coach, obviously. New quarterback as well. See, even though James Franklin was, again, an injury-riddled 2012 campaign, you still had a guy with lots of experience his third year, fourth year in the program, third year as a starting quarterback. Yeah, we obviously don't have any of those luxuries in 2020. Plus, you throw on top of everything I've just said, the new coach, the new quarterback. Now you've got COVID-19, all this nonsense on top of it. Honestly, if Missouri goes 1-10 or they go 5-5, five and five, I'm not necessarily going to make a lot of either one of those results because week to week, who knows who's going to be in the lineup. And frankly... Long term, it's much more important to consider the process than the results of this season. That's always more important, but it's especially important in what has got to be the weirdest season of our lifetimes. 
And speaking of judging the process and not so much the results, I thought there was some results and retroactive sort of hindsight being 2020 easy takes by people after Drew Locke injured his shoulder this past Sunday. But you know what? First, I am going to get to that segment, but first I do want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Because I'll be honest with you guys, what, Larry David, he came up with the the yo-yo phrase, or at least popularized it, right, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, frankly, my weight has a tendency to yo-yo on occasion. I'm a bit of a yo-yoer, so I try to stick to the keto diet, and that's been really successful for me, quite frankly. But you know what? Every once in a while, eating nothing but pulverized elk meat with every meal, well, especially in rich, rich butter or something like that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm making fun of the keto diet a little bit, but sometimes you got to treat yourself and get a bit of a sweet treat. And you know what? There's never, there's no better option than Built Bar. That's for darn sure, because unlike your usual breakfast bars, candy bars, these things are low in calorie, low in carbs, but they're high in protein as well. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On to get 10% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Well, Drew Locke got off to a bit of a rough start against what is a really good Pittsburgh Steelers defense these first two weeks in the NFL season. But I did think Drew did a nice job of buying time early in that game, even though, again, the results weren't very impressive. He was at least giving his receivers a chance to get open, getting away from pressure, mostly scrambling to his right a little bit, and at least giving them a shot, even though ultimately they weren't able to separate from coverage very well. But my point in bringing that trade up, at least in week two from Drew, is that when he was trying to buy time later in the first quarter, unfortunately Drew ends up getting tripped and he starts stumbling. And he kind of tries to regain his balance by putting the football on the ground, his arm on the ground, and he was just utterly vulnerable, not moving nearly fast enough because he was stumbling. Well, the Pittsburgh defender obviously just completely annihilates him on the hit, and obviously he's in a very awkward position to get hit, and then he awkwardly lands on his right arm. Ultimately, we find out after the game that Drew's going to miss approximately two to six weeks with an AC sprain in that right shoulder. So ultimately, first of all, better news than what it could have been. An AC sprain, not the worst thing in the world, something that just basically needs time to heal as far as I can tell. It would have been another thing entirely if Drew would have needed shoulder surgery, if he had actually broken his shoulder or something like that. That would be a kind of injury that would really make you worry about his health and just his viability as a quarterback long term because obviously his arm is one of the strength of his right arm is one of his best attributes but mostly I was a little bit embarrassed by a couple takes that I heard notably I think it was Jay Feely on the broadcast he was on the sidelines and he said after Drew got annihilated there oh well should have should have thrown it away that was his take and to me again That's the ultimate bad example of just playing the results. Now, it would have been one thing if if he was just standing in the pocket for five seconds and just allowed himself to get annihilated right, like, I'm sorry, right there in that situation. Easy for me to say. 
But the reality is that was a fluke play. Most of the time your quarterback, when he's trying to move to his right there, isn't going to be stumbling and sort of halfway between falling down and halfway between regaining his balance. That's that's just not something that happens very often. It was an odd play. And frankly, it was to me, it was just one of those, well, f- stuff happens in football. If anything, you could have said, all right, as I saw somebody online said, well, he should have just gotten down and taken the sack in that situation. But Again, it's hard to tell the guy, again, in a weird situation where you're stumbling, losing your balance, how do you practice that? How do you mentally prepare for that? I mean, again, the kid is trying to buy time. He's, he's got he's you know one of five to start the game, something like that passing. He's trying to make something happen for his team, for his offense. I, I can't fault him for trying to regain his balance and throw the football there. He doesn't know that there's a heat-seeking missile in the form of a Steelers safety or linebacker coming to crush him from behind. If Maybe somebody should have given him a heads up. I don't know. But the point is, I, I, just, I think that was just a, an unlucky play for Drew Locke. I really do. I, I can't criticize him at all. And hopefully, again, could have been a lot worse. So, frankly, I'm, I'm feeling good about the whole thing. He should be back in about a month or so. And coming up, more... News and notes on Mizzou football and basketball. And plus, a few notes nationwide as well throughout the SEC and a quick take on mental health. According to, again, Mr. Dave Matter in his most recent chat, I believe it was on Friday at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch's website. Dave's chats are always really good, by the way, for unearthing some good bits of Missouri information that doesn't necessarily make its way into the newspaper. And a good example of that is the following. Dave said, Last I heard, about a quarter of MU season ticket holders took the 2020 credit and will use it for their 2021 tickets. So sounds like only about one in four season ticket holders decided to opt out of this particular season and carry it over into next year anyway. Now, how many people who maybe are more year-to-year season ticket holders, how many of them decided not to come back? Well, I'm not totally sure. And maybe just to kind of see how it goes in the future, that I can't say. But frankly, only a quarter? That that doesn't sound that terrible. It could have been worse. Again, I keep saying that. Was, I said that a lot in my Drew Locke segment. Well, I'll say it here, too. Could have been worse as far as TSF donors opting out of this season. Also good news, at least in this podcaster's opinion the NCAA officially announcing that they are going to stick to the 68 team NCAA tournament field and frankly thank god uh we didn't need every single team to be eligible for the tournament I don't totally know why the ACC and notably Mike Krzyzewski from Duke was pushing this idea so hard I don't know if they're just trying to like the Big Ten a little bit in football, in my opinion. They're trying to flex their muscles, too, and be out in front of everything. But that was a terrible idea, just like, frankly, the Big Ten deciding to cancel way too early was also a terrible idea. And also, finally, around the SEC, notably, Colin Hill beat out Ryan Holinsky at quarterback at South Carolina. So, interesting there. I assumed Holinsky was going to be the starter. He definitely was... Not exactly a world beater at South Carolina last year, but he also was a pretty good game manager 
if you will, which is both an insult and a compliment. But more to the point, I think game management type quarterback play and offense in general is sort of the type of style that Will Muschamp prefers. He's your classic, let's play some defense, let's not turn it over, let's be good in special teams and try to eke out a one-possession victory every single week. That seems to be how he likes to play. Not my preferred method of, of winning football, but hey, it definitely can work. But just interesting to note that South Carolina will have a new quarterback this fall. And finally, on mental health. So the thing about mental health is this. It actually kind of ties in a little bit to occasionally on this show, I, in the last week or two, I've talked about masculinity and just its role in our society, both in a positive and a negative way. And frankly, how I think football can be a an agent for for channeling masculinity in a positive way. But also, there's been a lot of talk about mental health and players, especially in the pros, like notably Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and even more recently, Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, talked and you know, just opened up about his mental health and, you know, notably that he lost one of his brothers. And obviously what a what a horrible toll that takes on anybody's mental health, on any young person or any human being, frankly. But I think the one thing I want to point out here is that I think the old school, you know, I, th- I think about my parents' generation, even more so my grandparents' generation. And the comparison there is just that generation of people, the greatest generation, if you will, they were much more stoic. And the good thing about stoicism is you don't freak out your kids or other people around you and burden them with maybe your own insecurities, your own mental health, whatever it might be. So a lot of people would consider this new generation is maybe oversharing a little bit, and this is sort of anti-Stoicism, and maybe that's, that's viewed as weakness. And obviously weakness is anti-masculine. So if you're a football player, you're going to maybe push against the idea of showing any type of weakness. But to me, I think we should shift that paradigm a little bit when it comes to mental health because when it comes to looking at yourself honestly and trying to honestly improve yourself in any way, whether it's as a football player, whether it's running good routes, whether it's being a little bit stronger, a little bit better with your your blocking technique, whatever it might be, that shouldn't be seen as a sign of weakness. That should be a sign of strength, you looking at yourself honestly and then improving yourself. So my point is, let's change the paradigm to a thing. If we're going to talk about mental health, let's make it a thing about improvement. Let's make ourselves better. Hopefully we're going to be on this planet. If you're a young person like Dak Prescott, hopefully he's going to be around for a few more decades and many decades after football. So I think it's totally understandable and frankly mature to talk about one's mental health, or at least maybe talking about it is the wrong word, but at least to be aware of one's own mental health and take real action. Actually talk to a professional, somebody who can really have tangible action and improvement. Because again, if you're just going to talk about it all day, well, then that's not really particularly helpful. Some people, all they want to do is talk about certain things. 
So maybe that's where I'm getting back to stoicism. Maybe there's a balance there, right? Balance is always important in life. So, hey, maybe bring back a little stoicism in front of your kids, but maybe once a month or something, go see a shrink and burden that person with your kookiness. And I say that. Take that in the spirit which is intended. I'm just joking around about your kookiness. We're all kooky. I have my kookiness. So why not improve our kookiness? That's my point. It's not a weakness. It's just something that we can improve. And what is more masculine than constant and relentless self-improvement? All right. Thank you all for joining me once again on Locked on Mizzou. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere you could possibly imagine. And you'll be sure to get all the new episodes of this show, including our fastest-to-market recaps following each Mizzou football game. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.